Now let me tell you, you are in for a treat because not only do we have an amazing leadership lesson, but we got some big announcements about where BP Leadership is going from here. So I hope that you are ready and we're going to give a warm welcome to Bill Purvis today. Thank you so much, Hunter. Great job you do with BPL and all of you that are listening as well. Thank you. And uh, we are going to share with you some information here at the end that I think will be beneficial to all of you, especially locally. But for the rest of you, we also want to tell you where we're going and what's taking place. But let me start today with a lesson that I, I've been thinking about. I actually had this thing uh, taught years ago in 2003. Uh, I, had, uh, I had actually performed the lesson and done the lesson and, and, um, and then put it away for a long time. Through the years, I'd pick it up and see it and I'd add some more things to it as it went. But today I want to talk to you about evaluating your organization's performance. Uh, one of the things that we avoid by nature is test. We don't like testing or test. None of us do. If we say pop test, quiz test, or Friday's the test, or you've got to go through a test, most of us at that moment uh, get defensive. We fear that performance tests are going to make us look bad or feel like a failure. Um, we will even put up walls or make excuses. We just don't like testing, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just left the doctor's office a moment ago, got there bright and early this morning, and he said, let's run some tests. Well, I just want him to just write me a prescription and let's end it. But every one of us have to be tested in life. And I do know this. If you plan to succeed, you have to know where you are at that moment. And you have to take measurements. And then you have to collect and comprehend data and you can't do this without performance testing. Uh, the way you test your performance is knowing exactly where am I. At. You know, when you're in the mall and you get lost, you look at that little chart that says you are here. Well, you want to know that about your company. And then you want to be able to say, okay, now let's measure what we're doing. And if we don't measure what we're doing, we may be doing some things that are unproductive or ineffective. And then you've got to collect and comprehend all the data, even the information you get. I remember a brilliant man that I met one time. He took over a company, and the company that he took over had a lot of opportunity and a lot of buildings and a lot of employees, but it had been stagnant for five or six years. My friend stepped in, and it turned overnight. And I remember asking him, I said, what did you do different? He said, Bill, they were the best in marketing. They were the best in hiring. They were the best in training. He said, the problem is... They would get all this information, all this data, and nobody knew how to read it or what to do with it. And I remember he leaned across the table and said, the one thing that kills most businesses is they don't know how to comprehend the data. He said, when somebody gives a number, they just go, oh, that's the number. And he said, you got to get down under the number. You got to roll up your sleeves and figure out why is that number coming? Could we make that number better? He said, that's the way you do it. And and I remember thinking, he was right, that thing about reading and comprehending the data in my mind made me realize, you know, that's true. I've looked at, a, I've had my financial people before show me things and they're telling me, but I can't read what they're saying. So if you don't know, you can't grow. So I read this article uh, back in 2003 at Fast Company of the make it or break it questions that many companies use to evaluate progress. And I wrote down some of those, pulled out the article on a plane I was on and then began to develop that and taught it one time and now I want to teach it again. So this conversation was birthed out of that article. So let's start right off the bat, okay? I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions you need to know in mind. Number one, do you have an emotional bond with your clients or your customers or buyers? Do you have an emotional bond? What I mean by that is, other than the product, is there any reason they come to see you? Uh, do, do you know anything about the people that are buying? 
Do you know anything about their lives or their family or their interests or their hobbies or habits? How long they've been with you? There's something about when you're emotionally attacked, attached to an organization, you will instinctively um, be a part of that and, and buy into that regardless of all the other things going on. For example, um, there, there are places, if, if, if my air conditioning breaks or, or I need a particular auto mechanic service done, I don't have to go evaluate. I know immediately because I've got an emotional bond with somebody in the, one of those fields. They've done it before. I'm going to call them. I don't think twice. You want to be that person that they feel you're a part of the family. So that's the first question you need to know. And, and by the way, retention is greater in an organization where there's an emotional bond. That is, people stay with you longer. If they don't have any kind of emotional bond, they don't know you, know your name, know nothing about you, it's easy if they go shop for a better price somewhere. Number two, do you stand out from the crowd? Now, I don't mean just standing out in it, but I mean, do you stand out from it? Do you challenge the status quo in your field? Are you an original? You know, I, I like when I read uh, or watch that Shark Tank that Kevin O'Leary always says this, what makes you different? Well, my question is what makes you different and what makes you better? I mean, if, you, if you're not really different, are you better? That's the question. So I wanna know among that crowd, is there anything that makes you stand out and look or appear or bring something different or better? Question number three. Are you a fun place to work and do business with? Now, that's a good question because it's, yeah, it's work, okay? There's a difference. So some people say, well, find a job you can just always have fun at. Now, listen, it's called work for a reason. It's work. That's why you have a weekend that you work, and then on the weekend, then you have fun, okay? But it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy work and enjoy the people you're working with. And I believe that's really an issue called the attitude issue. You ever walked into a company and the minute you walked into whatever it is, whether it's a sandwich shop or a, or a manufacturer, and you could just feel in the air that everybody wanted to get off work, they didn't want you there, they didn't want any more business. And then there's some places you walk in and you say, you know, I know it's work, but it seems like they're having a party around here. And, and, and so the question's gonna be for you, uh, do the people that you have and the atmosphere you, you, you have and present does it, does it inspire great attitudes, positive attitudes, and a can-do spirit? And, and if it does that, that's a good evaluation. If it doesn't, then again, that's one of the ways to look at it and say, how do, I, how do I change the performance of our organization? Number four, fourth question. Do you embrace the value of values? Now, what I mean by that is this, that every company has certain values, okay? Uh, we have values that we write down. And then we have values we live out. My hope is that the values you write down are the same values you live out. Some people write down values. This is what our company stands for, but the values they live out are totally contrary. And, and so the question is, do you value the values of the organization? Uh, we have like 12 at, over at Cascade Hills that, that, uh, that we would go through every year. And I used to wonder sometimes among staff when they would look at the values, is that value as important to them as it is to the organization? And I believe that when the values that are on the corporate you know, chart, uh, whatever those values are, if you value those values, I believe you bring a greater unity and better productivity to your company. Uh, and so uh, that, that's, the, that's the big key. Now, your values, I, I know this, they will unite or divide your team. By the way, I, I taught a lesson years ago, a BPL lesson on core values and how the core values are what keeps you together, core values are what decides how long your relationship lasts. Well, the same is true. So 
Your value is going to be what brings that team in harmony or disharmony. And, and the company with the clearest sense of purpose will always succeed. When we know what we're doing and why we do what we do, when everybody is aware of that, it makes a big difference. I, uh, I remember hearing the old story, I think it was, where a man walked down the street and they were building this big tall building and, and, uh, and, and the bricklayers were out front. So the guy walked up to three bricklayers and he asked the first one, he said, now, what are you doing here? He said, I'm working. Yeah, that's what I do. It's a job. He turned to the second one and said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I'm laying brick. He said, I'm a brick guy. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm laying brick and, and on this big, tall, 15-story building. He turned to the third guy and said, what are you doing here? He's a brick mason just like the other two. He said, oh, man, we're building a hospital. We're going to make a difference in the lives of so many people that need healing for a particular type of cancer that this hospital is, is uh, purposely, intentionally geared to heal. We're going to heal a lot of people with this. And he's holding a, 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 you know, a trowel in one hand, a tool in one hand, and got his gloves on with a, with a bag of cement mix. And he's talking about, oh, we're going to cure cancer. You see the difference? He understood the values of what they were building. And to him, it wasn't just a job. And it wasn't just laying brick. To him, it was, I'm a part of something much, much bigger. And so that's the key, is understanding those values. Now, the, uh, the th number five, the fifth question. Here's an interesting question that I don't think ever gets asked. And when I, when I wrote this question down years ago, I remember how I felt. And I remember that about a month ago when I went back and was looking through this really carefully, it made me feel again the way I felt then. And I thought, you know, that's one of those questions that kind of, it it's going to make you do better, okay? Here's the question. Are you as disciplined as you are creative? Now, there are a lot of people that have a lot of ideas. Uh, the key is going to be, yeah, it's wonderful to think and to dream and to be creative, but are you as disciplined? That is, can you, can you execute? Can you execute on the ideas? Can you deliver on time? Are you consistent with, with every day filling out and full, fulfilling a job, checking things off the list that were done? Um, and, 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 you know, follow through, closing the door. There are a lot of people I know that are wonderful people, good people. Uh, they, they make an organization fun to work with and, and they're emotionally bonded with people. But there comes a time that they can't get to the next level, a lot of times because of execution and follow through. And, and so I, I really say we have to learn how to be balanced. As, as creative as you are, you've got to be disciplined. And, and that's the key, okay? Number six, here's one that covers the future of your organization. Are you winning the battle for talent? Are you winning that battle for the talent that's coming up? And, and, and here's how you do it. In a company... Growing and developing the team you have has got to be a priority. That can't take the back seat. Um, we, you know, if, you, if you have an organization and you don't have a place where you are producing and equipping leaders, you are slowly and gradually plateauing. And then one day what happens is, is you will collapse. So it's very important to always be filling that pipeline, growing, developing the leaders you have, moving them from one level to the other, at least letting them have uh, a, you know, experience. I was uh, sharing with the staff the other day, I spoke for uh, Ken Alford down in, uh, in Valdosta, Georgia, and he had at one time been in a big organization. And I remember that I asked Ken, I said, what was different about that one and all the others you've been? 
He said, Bill, I'll tell you something. He said, looking back now, I see it better. He said, but I had a team of people that used to have to go to seminars and conferences in all the other places I worked, and we were growing and trying to grow. He said, but when I ended up in that place down in Tampa that I was at, everybody on the team were not the people that went to seminars and conferences. They were the ones that led them. He said, they were so good that it made that work so easy, but yet so effective. And so when I say winning the battle for talent, you've got to be growing the people, developing. But then you've always got to be recruiting potential leaders. You know, not only do I want to grow the ones I have, but there are new and, uh, and innovative ways to reach people that if you're not on the front end, it won't take long to get behind. And so I, I really stress always be feeling, if you'll notice, just like with ball teams that win, you notice how they're always recruiting. I love the movie that Brad Pitt played in called Moneyball, where it was really more about the issue of recruitment would, be, would bring a championship quicker than it would be just hiring some great superstars. And it, and it was true. So they just went out and recruited a bunch of hungry people. So I think the issue on the talent side is going to be, can I find the people that I think have potential and be willing to take them there? Number seven, the seventh question to ask is, do you use technology to change expectations and reshape your business? Now, when I say that, I mean this. We are, we are living today with an overload of technology. There's helpful tools everywhere you look. And, and so I believe this, if you can't get ahead, at least stay up. And, and if you don't get it on the technology side, there'll be a time you can't keep up. And the bad thing about that side is you can get behind real fast and can't recover. They're constantly, I, it blows my mind as to how much some of this information is comprehended by this young generation. I've had the privilege in the last couple of years to sit in rooms with guys that are in their 20s, you know, boys and girls, I call them, but young men and women, and they will blow your mind as to what they can do with, all, with an iPhone, you know, with an iPad. They, they literally are so far advanced, and, and, and yet they know all the right tools. So I say to you, if your company's going to stay on the cutting edge, you're going to have to embrace the changing technology as it comes. Number eight, here's a question that is really important for you, especially if you're in a business that's going to make a big difference. Are you built for speed? Are you built for speed? That is, some places you're in, they take a long time to make a decision. They, they take a, a long time to let the study and the analysis and get it to this committee and take it to that board and let these people review it. And, and I believe you ought to get great consultation when you make a decision. But let me be clear. There is a cost to hesitation. There is a cost to delay. If you, if you do not act at the right timing, it will hurt you, and especially in regards to customer service. You've got a customer or client that they've been good to you and, and you don't respond to them quickly or you don't meet their need fast enough. You may lose some of your best people just because you weren't ready to be on board as quick as you should have been. So I say, built for, built for speed is another one of those. And I really looked at those questions. I thought, man, those are some of the greatest questions. I mean, every one of those can keep you on track. Here, here's another one. Number nine, have you built a company of leaders? Now, that's, the, that's different just from the talent side, but that's the question. Uh, that pipeline of leaders, if your team is growing, your business is growing. When the team stops growing, the business stops growing. And so... 
You need to be building a company of leaders, and that's going to be the greatest way to take it from where it is to where you want it to go. So those are outstanding questions. Now I want to give you one more. Here's another question. I've had to do this all my life, and, and I never find it comfortable. I, uh, I just say to you, I, I, there's some people that maybe this is really easy. People think, if they know me, that they will think, you, you just do that so easy. They don't realize it. it's not easy. Internally, I look at every angle. But here's the question. Are you built for change? Now, yeah, we ask, are you built for speed? But are you also built for change? And I mean that for this way. It's normal in life. Change is inevitable. It's coming. Whether you like it or not, it's coming. You, you change for the worse or for the better, but nothing's going to stay the same. Just as it is today, won't, won't be the same. I can make it better if I implement some right things, or I can make it worse by not doing anything. And so you're going to change at some point from where you are right now. Get that. You will change at some point from where you are right now. The question is, will it be better or worse? There's an old saying, a ship in the harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were built for. Now, change for all of us is very difficult because when we want to change, we, you know, nobody likes change. Not even a baby likes change, okay? And when we change, what we're doing is, is we're saying we're giving up what's familiar, what's comfortable, what we know in order to step over into some things that we hope will work and that we believe will work and that we're going to work to make work but it doesn't have the security feel to it. And that's the hard part. And that's why all of us, I, I'm making a big change in my life when I'm doing this with BPL right now. And others are making big changes in their life, their organizations. And when we're making changes, I want to remind you of something. You made it in the past. God was with you in the past and you were blessed. And you took the experience and got to here. And if you don't change, the question is going to be, where will you be in five years if you don't? So decide now. I'm going to go ahead and embrace that and move to that. Now, here's one mental way, and that's why I tell you, change really is healthy for you. Change is not bad. If you look at change right, it will help you. In fact, let me, let me say it this way. View change as exchange, and it will help you. You hear that? Shell Crow reminds us of that, that that change will do you good. I hope you'll think about that. There are many changes I've made that I look back and I say, man, that, that change did me good. That change helped me. That change put me in the right spot. And so I would encourage you to do that. Now, if you're going to improve and advance your purpose, you've got to be willing to view some changes, exchange, and say, okay, I'm giving up this, which is good, for what is greater, what is better. That's what I'm willing to do. And that's the exchange part. And when you do it, it, it softens the wound emotionally. Now, we're going to make a change at BPL. For those of you locally, this is going to be a big benefit for you, I believe. But we have reached a place where we're meeting right now in a gym and trying to convert that. And, and we keep adding lights and sound and, and, uh, and tables and all that. But we're still having problems with this. It's growing. It's growing enough. We've hired three people in the, in the last few months. Um, it's growing enough that more are coming. It's, uh, it's reaching a place that we can keep pouring money into a gym or we can make a change and that change is going to be a good one for us. Here's the change we're thinking about uh, or we're going to do. I'm signing the contracts today in order to move BPL to our local Columbus Convention and Trade Center down, downtown. Now the benefit of that is it's built for exactly what we do. It's got the sound, the lighting, the food will be on the table when you arrive. 
so it cuts down on the time-wise. It's got meeting areas with balconies so that people can go out, do private uh, conversations or business. Uh, you, a lot of benefits there, good parking, close to everything, and many of our people that work downtown or, or work near to that area, they'll be able to get there a lot quicker. So there's just nothing but an upward uh, benefit to going there. Now, it's a big move. It's a, it's a little more expensive, and, um, and it's a bigger opportunity. However, I believe we can do that. And, and for me personally, I'm saying, okay, if we're going to step into that with BPL and do it, let's do it. But we're doing it because of you. Those of you that have helped us all along, you wanted to grow, you brought your friends, you've got them signed on. So as a result of that, my goal is let's see how far we can go. So I want to tell you this. I need you. I want you. I ask for your support. I want you to buy in with me. And let's make this a difference so that we can make a difference not only in our lives, but in the lives of other leaders who come along that want what you're offering. By the way, I also think the Trade Center Exchange is going to be good for this reason. I'm just thinking from my side, but if I'm a, if I'm a person that maybe I, I'm not even a religious person or a Christian person, and I'm not trying to reach Christians, by the way, I'm just trying to reach people that want to grow in leadership. But if you invite me to, to a lunch, I'll say, sure, you're a growing leader, and I, I want to go. I, I'll be a part. And you say, we're going to go over to the church for the lunch. I'm going to say, wait a minute, to the church? Well, I don't want to go to church for lunch. Church is not meant for lunches. And then you're going to say, no, we're going to the gym. I'm going to say, okay, we're going to a church gym. And in my mind, I'm thinking, so what are you going to do? A bunch of your older ladies are going to have a potluck sucker, supper, and, and I'm going to be a sucker for it. And I'm going to go to that potluck supper, and we're going to sit around a table at a church in a gym. And to me, that's a little barrier. I think it makes it harder on a lot of you. So here's the good news. Going to the Trade Center, it's more in a business climate. So it's going to make it a lot easier to be able to say, would you like to go to lunch with me? And you go down to the Trade Center, and you're in a place that looks much more corporate, and it helps those there without there being a barrier. Now, that's my goal. And I know you can help me to reach that, so I want to do that. But I do tell you this. If I don't evaluate where I am, I can't never change the organization. And in your organization right now, as hard as it is, as much as you don't like testing, as much as you'd rather say, we'll do it sometime later, I'm telling you, when you get serious about growing your business, you'll have to come to a place that you sit down, comprehend the data, look at it, evaluate where you are, take measurements, and then be willing to execute the proper changes to get you where you want to be. And that's the way to do it. So you got to look at it first. You got to see it, then you can solve it. But if you will evaluate it, I think you're on the right step to making this future a whole lot better for you than what you've already had in the present. Thanks so much for listening today. My prayer and hope for you is that BPA will help you to make the difference in your life that you want to see. Thank you for tuning into this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Each month, we share these lessons at a live luncheon to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. If you'd like more information on dates and times of our upcoming luncheons, you can visit bpleadership.com.